This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to Hey You. It's a You on Netflix podcast. I am Joe Lipset. I'm joined as always by Sheree Bohannon. Hello, Sheree. Hey, Joe. Hey. <laughs> okay, I appreciate <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, folks, we are a little delirious. We are talking about You, season three. It is the last of our episodes that cover an entire season of the show. And Shrey, I wonder, how did you feel about season three? Season three is definitely the roughest of the seasons thus far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Asterix, hashtag, oh my god. <laughs> Listen, and it, it makes me sad because like we were saying before we started recording, the first few episodes are so fun and they're so mm-hmm. strong. And then something just sort of happens and we're like, are we ever going to get that momentum back? And we don't. Yeah, yeah, it is weird, right? Because I think we're set up with a really good premise. We ended season two with that tease that Joe is already out of love with love, even though they have moved to the suburbs, they are doing the white picket fence, the domestic bliss, they've got this new baby, Henry, as we eventually learn, but Joe is already falling for the neighbor, you know, he's got his voice over you, hey, you, what's going on? Oh, I'm so entranced with you. And I love that we just killed this woman at the end of the first episode. Like, listen, I have forgotten about her because at the end of mm-hmm. season two, during this rewatch, I'm like, oh, yeah, he did have a, his eye on a blonde woman. And then we get a tattoo mm-hmm. Gabrielle, how? Right. And I was like, oh, I forgot about <laughs> Natalie. I'd forgotten so much about Natalie that I forgot Scott Speedman is here. Mm-hmm. And I've been obsessed with him since, like, Felicity, even though he was not the correct choice for that girl. Oh, boy. Oh. No. <laughs> I was like, I forgot... All of the neighbors and the neighbors are so interwoven. And Mm -hmm. it's because, again, like this season is just so fucking uneven. Yeah, yeah. So we we spend about the first four episodes dealing with Natalie and the fallout. You know, we've got to get rid of the body. And then we realize, oh, shit, there's a ring that has a kind of geolocation (laughs) device on it. (laughs) So we got to dig the body up. We got to move it over. We're planting seeds where Joe is now working at this bookstore with yes. Daddy Gabrielle, who I was so excited to see on this season. And of course, Love is also having her own sort of U-esque moment where she's fallen in love or lust with the neighbor boy. Mm-hmm. Like, they are both the same person, which is another reason why I love and Joe work in my head, but we're never mm-hmm. going to work together <laughs> because they are both obsessive with each other until mm-hmm. the other one is reciprocating. And then it's like, I don't want this anymore. Right. Yes. And I really wish that the season had have done more to explore that because that to me was the big selling feature of season three. Okay, we know that love is a murderer, but they are basically gone girl stuck with each other at this Mm -hmm. point because they've got this baby. So I kept thinking there was going to be, ooh, I'm going to kill you. No, I secretly love you. Also, I can't share you with anybody. I'm going to kill anybody who gets in my way. 
And we get that to a certain extent, but the show keeps confusing other plot lines as being more interesting. So we've got to spend a bunch of time with all of these yuppies who live in Madre Linda, the suburbs that they have moved to. And I just unfortunately never find this stuff interesting. Like the episode where Joe goes with the husband on some kind of man's weekend. I was, I was like, so what bored. are we doing? <laughs> I was so bored. And I felt the same way the next episode where love goes to her mom's retreat situation. Mm-hmm. I was also reading mm-hmm. two of these this season. I hate this. <laughs> yeah, you messaged me and you were like, wait, we did this with love's mom's like renewal vow ceremony thing in season two why are we doing two episodes of it in season three yeah it just it was so unnecessary and i also just feel like the mom could have been more interesting because they kept her mm-hmm. and we kind of like sideline her until it's like okay now her drinking's out of control she's kidnapping 40 and i'm like right. we didn't really earn that <laughs> we just <laughs> Though I will say, her with a child in the front seat, unbuckled, ordering milkshakes at the late night drive-thru, sent me. I was on the floor. When she paid $300 for the lighter of the uh-huh. window, I was like, this is definitely white women run amok, and I'm here for this moment, but we didn't earn it, but I'm here uh-huh. for it. Like- yeah. <laughs> I mean, the show often builds to those kinds of outrageous moments. I think that's part of what makes it so addictive. The other piece is that you're constantly waiting for any new character, like literally any character who is not Joe is at risk of being murdered at some point on the show. So I was like, are we going to kill this mom this season? Because we already killed one of the neighbors for being an anti-vaxxer and putting this child in the hospital. And yet here she is, drunk driving, reckless endangerment. Nope, we just pack her off to rehab. Never see her again. And you know what? Something else that like really salted my teens about that is Joe has been hardcore, not my child, how dare you? And he was going to mm-hmm. like confront her and love was like, I got this. And then the next morning, he's chill about it. Like he just like right. smoked a J and he's like, you know what? <laughs> Shit happens. And I'm like, no, are you going <laughs> to, you've been correcting anybody who's even like looked at your child wrong. Like part of the reason they killed the anti-vaxxer is because he got their child sick by not mm-hmm. vaccinating his kids. And I'm like, where is that at, Joe? Are you conveniently calm and cool <laughs> today? Because why? <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's very flip sidey, right? Like I, we talked about this, I think, in the first episode, but definitely in that second episode about how Joe is now this reluctant killer. And it's not as interesting as if he just acknowledged this is who I am. And when somebody fucks with me, I'm going to fuck them right back. Because even when he kills Ryan, who is Taddy Gabriel, aka Marianne's abusive high-profile celebrity ex. Like, he seems willing to kind of let this guy go. He's more willing to frame him for drug use, or I guess just reveal his drug use. And then he inadvertently kills him when the guy gets the upper hand on him. Yeah. And again, it would be more interesting if Joe was purposely killing people as opposed to being like, oh, this guy out of control, Mm -hmm. but also this person's a villain, so like, you can forgive me later, right? Wink, wink. Yeah, I don't mind the occasional, oops, we slipped up and we killed someone. That to me seems more like Love's role this season where she can't control herself. And the minute that she acts out, she 
inadvertently kill someone except for Theo who is a person she should have killed and then doesn't and then this kid walks away as well I think another reason why I really just really really like this version of love so much better than the books Mm -hmm. um, is because she and Joe are the same coin but like where Joe is more calculated she's like reactionary Mm -hmm. and people can tell her she's impulsive and like maybe she did need therapy and a good diagnosis who knows we we will never know now Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like she never got it and so to have her already being this person that's like I'm going to kill this person because they harmed somebody I loved and Mm -hmm. it'll just figure itself out because I'm rich that's a mood and (laughs) and we could have had so much more fun with that but like it was just sort of using her as this like anti-Joe to be like well when he kills people he has good reasons and it's like no no I wonder, do you think that the reason they didn't go as hard on making that distinction between the two of them is because they were afraid of claims of like misogyny? Because in some ways, love could very much be seen as a hysterical woman, right? Like her emotions rule her. When she gets upset, she lashes out, she kills people. Whereas Joe is the more man, you know, he's calculated even when he's making mistakes. It's not like, oh, this is a crime of passion. It's more an doodle i pushed you off a cliff 100 percent, 100 percent that and that's another reason why i really love this actor victoria because in mm-hmm. the hands of someone who's not as strong as her and not as good with the text analysis right this could have been a very flippant and offensive character because of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. of the way those were like compared to each other because right. again like i know it's joe's world and we're all here for joe until <laughs> pin badly wants to quit but right. also we had somebody who was interested and was also murdering people and that's mm-hmm. rich the more the merrier yeah yeah I, I don't know what i wanted this season to do differently you and i were talking off mic that it feels like it just gets a little bit aimless and like some of these people maybe don't want to be here quite as much as we move into the middle and the back half of the season Part of my issue is I do think that this is too drawn out. Like, this could have worked really well as six episodes or eight, but at 10, I honestly felt like I was dragging a carcass behind me to get through these last couple of episodes, even though I was excited for the conclusion because it was very clearly going to lead to a Joe versus Love finale. It it was painful to get there. Exactly. I... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I just it, it makes me so upset because like while I have so many issues with the season it's still better than book three um, some of okay. the changes they made make so much more sense it makes things so much better but also it's just like ugh. <laughs> and I feel like they sold us on the idea of these two serial killers having a baby and trying to make a family work which should not work on paper that should be very boring and a sign mm-hmm. we're jumping the shark right. but they made it interesting for four episodes and then they were like no more and I'm like but like <laughs> this is it like them making their marriage work or not work and will they won't they kill each other sooner rather than later <laughs> like that's what I was here for and it sort of goes away I think it was episode five or six it sort of goes away mm-hmm. and you're like okay so they're not going to battle till the end so let's just See what they're going to do to each other until we get there. Well, and I, I just wanted them to have more conversations because it feels like we spend a lot of time on their individual vices. So it's a lot of Joe stalking Marianne and it's a lot of love trying to resist and then fucking Theo in the bushes. And that could be fine. But it feels like Victoria Pedretti and Penn Badgley barely share any scenes together. And if they do, it's just love being like, I changed everything for you. And then we moved to the suburbs and I hate myself. And I was like, cool, but also 
let's unpack that a little bit. Like, why did we introduce this counseling if we were only going to do it for one and a half episodes? Right? Because that's another thing is they made the counseling cool. I mean, they shouldn't have jumped that far ahead in time. But they also made the counseling Mm-mm. cool because, like, we know what they're really talking about, even though she doesn't know what's talking exactly. about. And so we're all in on this joke. Yes. I would have watched a season of that because it felt almost like a sitcom. But instead of, like, the parents being doctors or lawyers, they were zany serial mm-hmm. killers. And I was like, you know what? I'm not mad at this. And also just the way that they were setting themselves up in the town. Love came in very cool this season because season two, mm-hmm. she had a little rocky start. But in this season, she was definitely the mom who's like, had it. She's like, I had a kid. Right. I don't know if that was the right call. I'm with a man. I don't know if that's the right call. You but just need to watch it up to me because I might be a little bit dangerous. And she like starts her yeah. bakery and she's like finding her own self and her own agency. Um, She's starting to like clap back at her mom. And then we just sort of like, lose all of that because she's like my husband doesn't notice me so i'm gonna fuck the neighbor and i'm just gonna <laughs> i mean the the funny thing is is everything that you described where you were like yes good stuff good stuff good stuff that's the first four episodes like why did we shoot our load so fucking fast this season i mean it makes for a good start to a season but then we're running on empty for like the back six right? episodes. Right? Because like it was episode six because that's when she's with her mom and she's like, I'm texting 40 even mm-hmm. though he's dead. And like, no, nobody cares. <laughs> you were interesting. Oh my God. <laughs> that shit where she gets drunk in the bath and then Jake Sully comes back so that we can have a conversation with her dead brother. And then there's that one scene where Joe gets the measles and he hallucinates talking to himself. I was like, Oh, these are jump the shark moments for me. I hate things where you're talking to yourself for like an entire exactly. episode. Exactly. Especially because Joe has never done that before. Had he been talking to Beck or one of the mm-hmm. other people he's killed, I'd be like, okay, fine. Because he's done that. I didn't love it when he did it, but it makes more sense than to mm-hmm. be like, now let me talk to myself from the outside. Which, I mean, we would all like to have two pin badges in the home, but like, <laughs> not like this. Like, one for work and one for play. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, a a large portion of the back half of the season is concerning these neighbors that we initially don't like and then love ends up befriending them. So these are the Conrads, Sherry and Carrie. And of course, they're revealed to be swingers who are polyamorous and... I've made the complaint that I would like a few more queer people on the show. You have made the complaint you would like a few more people of color on the show. We're kind of getting that here. But also, why are we not just fully coming out and saying, oh, Sherry and Carrie are fucking bisexuals and they both want to sleep with the respective same-sex partner in love and Joe's marriage? Exactly. That would have been more interesting. Yeah, because it, it like, like, honestly, no, no shade on Travis Van Winkle, but the minute he showed up, I was like, okay, he's, this character is going to be queer for sure. It's, it's not the actor. It's like actually the character this time. I was like, there's so much queer coding going on with this guy and the way he wants to touch men and the way he wants to empower them to find their masculinity. I'm like, oh, he wants to take them in the bushes and fuck them. Yeah. And yet when we get to it, Like, we get to this moment where we're finally going to have this 4G, this open marriage 4G, which, P.S., that's not what polyamory is. This is barely what an open marriage is. Like, this is some white nonsense. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And the payoff is meant to be that Carrie mostly gets off on himself and he just, like, jerks off in front of the mirror. I was like, where's my same-sex sex sex scene? And why is Joe so queer-phobic? 
Joe is very queerphobic in this season also made me really think about Joe's sexuality, which I mm-hmm. hadn't really done because I mean, like, we're just going along for the ride. But like, sex kind of happens to Joe. Yes. Like, it's something he gives his partners because he wants to keep them, which is why like him and the eight seconds with Beck <laughs> were the gas <laughs> around the world. Yes. He loves to watch them and, like, take care of himself, but he never actually, like, seems to enjoy mm-hmm. having sex with his partners. Yeah, he's bad at sex, I think. I think so, too. And so when he's like, I will do this foursome for you, Marion, mm. I, oh was like, <laughs> I was every like... every time he's like, I will do something for you, Marion. <laughs> right? And I was like, is it really for her? Or are you wondering if maybe this is something you might be into, even though it's mm-hmm. not written the way it could and should be? Either that or he's completely asexual. And yeah, like, his kink is literally just being obsessed with someone and being a voyeur yes and we get so many flashbacks that unfortunately we have to bring the mom of it all into it oh and my I- god <laughs> nurse fiona i'm sorry i'm gonna walk myself back that's not what asexuality is i recognize asexuality is like i'm not interested in being with anybody else it's just voyeurism sorry yeah, and like he could be anywhere he would like to be and feels compelled to be, but like we never let him have that because Mm-mm. he's so obsessed with you and he's that <laughs> 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 like he doesn't have time to look at himself, which I mean, we all have things that keep us from like handling our own business and going to take care of our own selves. Sure. And so relatable content to a point. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be more interesting if we really unpacked his fascination with Women who kind of look like his mom for the most part. Like, even Tati. (laughs) She's not blonde in this one. Never mind. I'm taking that back. She was blonde in Sabrina. But, like, Mm -hmm. he normally goes for the blondes or the honey blondes. And he goes for the ones who are willing to take care of him to a point, even though he's trying to take care of them. And so it's definitely, I got issues with my mom. I've not unpacked. And I wonder if he's so used to trying to, like, keep women around because his mom abandoned him in all these flashbacks that we had to sit through. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) That he's just like, they like when they have sex. So I'm going to give them sex. And that's kind of depressing. And it makes him jacking off in parking lots before he gets to be with them even more sad than <laughs> it already was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he's also a control freak. But he, to me, he likes women who are damaged. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Beck was obviously fucked up. Love was obviously very fucked up by her relationship with her mother. And then when we finally get to know anything about Marianne, we learn, okay, she's not exactly a survivor of domestic abuse, but her husband clearly treated her very badly. And then also she was a child of the foster system, just like Joe was. And she was also an addict. So he has a reason oh, right. to like hover over her. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's weird. I It feels like another way for him to assert control over situations by being this white knight who comes in and saves people and i really really want the show to start unpacking some of this like when is he going to become conscious and a little bit more evolved in why he's doing certain things because especially when he pivots to marianne this season it just felt like okay i get it he loses interest with people when he actually has them classic but We're now three seasons in, and he doesn't seem any wiser about why he's doing the things he does. And I felt that same way with love. So it was like watching two different people who were just so out of touch with why they were doing what they were doing. And that started to get a little bothersome. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it makes me sad because, again, like, this scenario is 
much more interesting than what book three was doing. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Can you unpack that? Because I have a feeling at this point, people have either read all of them or they've completely fallen off even pretending they're going to read them. So how different is this from book three? Okay, so in book three, Joe ends up at some small town library mm-hmm. but because in the previous book, Love's family was like, mm, he's a murderer. And so, <laughs> Fair. and so, like, they take Love and the child away at the end of the book. We don't know it's oh. the parents officially, but. Mm. Okay. And so, like, he's recapping us on how they. Picked him up after he served his jail time, and they immediately threatened him and made him sign away the rights to his child and gave him mm. money to go away. And so, like, he's, like, sort of obsessing over Love's Instagram. That's the only way he can see his son. And he really wants this kid at the top of the book. Unlike okay. in this in these series where he's just like, I I don't know. It likes me. Meh, 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 meh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he meets Mary Kay, who's Marianne here, who's an older white lady with, like, a teen. And she has a husband who's an addict. And also like an old rock star situation. Hmm. And he keeps almost going to kill him. And then something happens and they have on again, off again. But like the book also lets him out because all the people are killing themselves or (laughs) killing each other for him. So he's Uh just like, I got rid of the body, but I didn't do it. And I'm like, this is boring. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've already done that once on the series where he thought he had killed someone. And then, you know, eventually in season two, it was revealed that it was actually Love who did the murder. Yeah. And the book ends with him getting Mary Kay and then find out that Mary Kay's daughter wants to seduce him and was Mm. seducing other older men and Mary Kay walking in and then having this confrontation where the daughter accidentally kills Mary Kay. Oh Jesus. Come on. (laughs) And so Joe has to move and start over and the daughter then texts to be like, we had to pull her off life support. LOL. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, ah, and so, like, again, I, I feel like season three is stronger than book three, but mm-hmm. also it's it, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's murky. Yeah. I mean, when we talked about season two, I definitely had – people hate it when I use this expression, but it felt like I was having some PTSD kind of flashbacks, like, yes. oh, right, I really remember not enjoying whole stretches of that. But I do think that season three is the weakest of the three seasons – just because it's so reluctant to let the characters move forward and then it really gets bogged down in the suburbia stuff but it doesn't really feel like it has anything interesting or new to say about suburbia whereas at least when it was doing its hollywood parody satire it it had a little bit of bite to it i also think what's happened is that season three feels like it was made more so than season one for basic cable instead of understanding it's on netflix and on netflix you can do the things right yeah you can go harder you can do more you can also play with the format a little bit yeah which i hope they do in season four and i know book four will be out in april so i'm waiting to see when that audiobook will be dropping because i'm Mm. i'm too far in now and i have to finish i'm a finisher right (laughs) (laughs) oh no i don't like this for you me either (laughs) why am i this way Well, we, we've teased it. So what do we think of this final Joe versus Love showdown in the house? Like, we we have to deal with the bullshit with Scott Speedman showing up. And <laughs> I love <laughs> that we have all of this stuff about people using Joe's sort of paralyzed face to unlock phones. I'm just like, <laughs> okay, gossip girl. <laughs> 
XOXO. It was so cute. Um, I feel like because we knew it was coming, mm-hmm. we were just like waiting for it to start. Right. <laughs> and when it did, I was like, oh, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, I'm- it's, it's curiously muted, isn't it? Like, I actually thought we were going to have a big throwdown, smackdown fight. And instead, it's so quiet. It's so polite. But I didn't mind it. Like, in some ways, killing her this way, I like the idea that he pretended because he knew it was coming. So then he stabs her with this thing. And I thought that that was an interesting way to go out. Like, he sort of reverses her medicine because the whole series has just been them sort of doing their thing to the other person. But then for him to describe, oh, it really, really hurts. Like, it's burning up and she's in agony. I was just like, oh, this is a bit much. Right? Also, because we knew Love killed that husband last season, but we hadn't mm-hmm. addressed it. And so that reveal didn't really do anything for me. Mm-mm. And us seeing how she did it, I was like, that also is not doing anything for me. (laughs) And so I would have rather she kept consistent and like went after Joe out of a moment of frustration. Mm -hmm. That's her MO is literally to be like, oh, I don't like this. Here's an axe conveniently located. I'm going to catch you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to bash you in the head. She's not like, let me methodically think about it, which they're probably going to do that whole, well, she's in love with these two men, and so that's why she was trying it this way. But right. also, like, that's not as interesting as her being like, I am reacting the way I always react <laughs> with the violence. <laughs> hmm. I kind of like the idea of her saying, I'm going to play the suburban housewife one final time. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make you a meal. We're going to have dinner, and I'm going to poison you. Because that does feel appropriate. And yet, I don't. I don't know. I think I just wanted something a little bit more bombastic. It's more so because I really like this actress and I kind of wanted her to get to do something showy before she leaves the show. Because this is very clearly like we may get a love flashback or like a hallucination in a future season. Wouldn't surprise me. But at the same time, like this is the end of the character proper and it's a little bit of a whimper. It is. Like, I think that it was more interesting when Joe cut off two toes, which mm-hmm. overkill. That was um, great. I was like, <laughs> right? one will do. <laughs> right? You just need one, Joe. Um, um, that was more interesting than the way they took care of her. And it makes me sad because, like you said, she deserved to do more because she took a character that did not get this much in the book. Like, mm-hmm. oh, God. To go back to the book for a second. Um, she pops <laughs> up in book three because mm-hmm. she sees Joe has moved on and she's okay. jealous because postpartum brain and it's not written away. Well, and it's kind of offensive but oh, like dear. she invites him to vegas and she pulls a gun on him no <laughs> and she shoots at him but grazes him but doesn't realize he's alive and then ends herself what and, that's rude that's offensive right? right and so i did not want that and i'm happy we didn't get that but i also think that victoria could have given us something spectacular had that been there on the table mm-hmm well, especially when they've set up the entire season as a bit of a Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right? Where, oops, yeah. they're both stepping out, but they're also both inadvertently killing people. And then I thought, okay, well, where's the Angelina versus Brad showdown in the house? Like, let's knock over some fucking furniture. When the gun was revealed from Carrie's bag, I thought that was going to be part of it. And so I was mm-hmm. very salty. She put it in a cage with Carrie and Sherry. Although I did enjoy them yes. shooting each other and working out their marriage <laughs> issues. And then the... I. 
initially was very sad that they didn't actually die in there because I thought, how cruel would it be of the show to just have these poor people just locked in this cage and starved to death? Right. But then the the reveal that they're now doing TED Talks about this secret marriage counseling thing kind of made me satisfied. <laughs> like, they got better in the last two episodes because before that... They got more fun, yeah. yeah. They were so fake before. They were, and it makes me sad because I love the idea of Sherry, and I love what that actress trying to do with what she's given. Oh, she was giving everything. I, I didn't like the character, and it's partially just because it felt like that's where the show was wasting a lot of time. But that fucking actress was killing it. Yes, and so I was like, "You're finally getting to do something because he shot your ear off, and you're rightfully upset, and then you shot him in the leg, and you're now mm-hmm. having realization they don't trust each other. So there's probably a couple ways out of this cage." <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I. I was living for that. I would say that them in the last two episodes, no notes. Them before, right. mm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I can name the actress because I've got it open here. It's uh, Shalita Grant, and I should have known that she was going to be amazing, even though I don't love this character because she has this fantastic fucking epic arc on season three of Search Party, and she's everything. I need to watch Search Party still. I'm going to do that because, again, she's awesome. I just, mm-hmm. I did not like what she was given. <laughs> no, not really. No. It it was good in the end, but by that point, I was also kind of checking out of the show, so. It was such a chore. Like, the last half was such a chore. And I was like, why am I this way? Can I just remember what I saw way back when? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we wrap up the season joe incriminates love he basically frames her after killing her blows up the house and then he leaves baby henry with this blind guy from the bookstore slash library and then he goes off in search of marion and we end the season in paris right and i I love that because, like, we've gotten him to move <laughs> across mm-hmm. the country and then from across the country to, like, a couple cities over. And I'm like, wouldn't you go further? But you know what? What do I know? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I love that he's going to have to really, like, lose himself and figure things out because he won't have, like, a little safety net or a little way of being, like, back to my thought shit because I know how this works. Well, one of the things I think I'm most excited for is that this teases a bit of a soft reboot, right? So previously, every other season has had at least one or two characters that has just carried over, right? Like specifically, this one is the most obvious. We had Candace come from one to two, Love from two to three. And it seems like he'll maybe find Marianne. Like, I know that Taddy Gabrielle is in at least the first episode. I don't know how much more she's in it. But it really seems like, okay, we're going to take Joe out of his safety net and put him into a completely different context. Like, Europe is a brand new stomping ground for him. So part of me thinks, okay, show, this is your opportunity. Really don't play it safe. Try something new. And I'm here for that. I am too, yeah. And I I know that Tati was sad that her character didn't get to die because in the book, the character she's loosely, loosely, loosely based mm. on does die. Right. Um, but also the daughter was older in the book, so it wouldn't mm-hmm. have made sense for a toddler to try and seduce Joe and shove her down some stairs. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a vampire show, so no, Listen. we're not going there. <laughs> but I do love that, like, Love's last thing she did, right, was be like, he's obsessed with you and you need to fucking run. Yes. Oh my God, that was so satisfying. <laughs> 
Right? Because I was like, don't kill her. Because Mm-mm. she had the barbecue fork hidden in her pants. I'm like, I don't understand how pants and barbecue forks work, apparently. But you no. know what? We're Mm-mm. having this scene. <laughs> and so I I love that in that last moment, Love was like, this is not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. He's a problem. Right. And I should rectify that. But you should also run. Uh, I love that. And I love that she listens. I love that. I really wish we almost could have even had that in the second last episode. So then we could have dealt with the ramifications of it instead of just saying, oh, this is Love's last big thing. It, it's very satisfying. I do think it's a great way to sort of put a pin in that character before, yes, this kind of muted death. But... <sighs> I'm here for that, though, because had it been in the penultimate episode instead, that would have been the trigger for Joe to really go after love and for love to be like, no. And that would have been the battle that we deserve. Right. Yeah. As as it is, I think that this is a reasonably good way to end the season. Like, I think this last episode is actually pretty strong. Again, it's mm-hmm. definitely giving me baby Dexter vibes, but um, you know, we got to let the, the little kid go before he realizes that daddy's a monster. We'll catch up with you in a decade when we can do like another spinoff. <laughs> but yeah, um, hopping over to Europe. Sheree, do you have any any sort of idea where we might go in this first episode back? I have been good about knowing okay. nothing. Like, I have access to the things, but I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I want to go in cold. Um, I'm very good about knowing nothing. From this one, I know we're mm-hmm. in Europe. I don't know if we stayed in France or not, because, again, the poster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm excited to see what shenanigans he gets into. And I'm hoping he meets his match and his match and him get to have more fun, because love could have had so much more fun. She could have had so much more fun. Yeah. I feel like fun is the name of the game. That's the reason people like this show is because it's kind of easy breezy it doesn't do murky moral stuff all that well and it kind of felt like that was where they wanted to go but then they got afraid to go there so they didn't and they pulled back and then we just got a bunch of aimless shit in season three so i'm like okay commit Mm -hmm. to the bit or or let joe off of his chains like just let him go wild yes Yes, I would love to see Joe owning who he is instead of being like, I have a moral Mm -hmm. code, I'm doing this for you, and it's because of you, not because of me. Because even when him and Love are fighting, he's like, you won't make me kill anybody, I'm killing anybody for you. I'm like, but you Mm -hmm. were going to before, and you just didn't follow through on that. Yeah, I really (laughs) don't want to get that repeated endlessly in this next season. We've now done three seasons of that, so let's move on. Let's have Joe killing people because he wants to kill people. Yes, that's where the fun is. That's where the fun is. All right. Well, Sheree, I mean, people won't have to wait long because we're dipping into season four immediately. But uh, until then, how would they get a hold of you if they want to talk about how shitty that third book is? Listen, (laughs) I am here for all of you. (laughs) You can find me at Miss Sheree on Twitter. I live there. (laughs) I live there. I pay rent there now. (laughs) Right? (laughs) My mail goes oh my there. God. Um, <laughs> where can they find you, Joe? Uh, I also tragically live on the corner of Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me <laughs> at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. And of course, if you want to get a hold of both of us, you can reach us on Twitter at HeyU underscore pod. Thank you, as always, to the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. Hey. We are up to season four, baby. We're switching formats. We're going to go episode by episode, one per day. So we're starting off with season four, episode one tomorrow. And until then, I guess we're done with Hey You for now. Hey You.
Academy of Scream Pod Squad.